Today is a blessed day for many reasons, but especially today in the Hooks household is our daughter Grace's 19th birthday. Happy birthday to you, Grace, indeed. Today, we're going to continue our series. The church is doing a series on God is. And today, we're going to talk about God is light. Over in your Bibles in 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. The Bible says God is light. Now, what kind of light is God? Is he a flashlight, candlelight, stoplight, maybe even a Christmas light? You know, light serves many different functions. Well, let's take a look at a few scriptures that talk about God's life and function in people's lives. In Psalm 27, verse 1, David said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You know, to David, the light of God brought confidence. It brought security to him. In Psalms 119, verse 105, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. You know, the word of God, the Bible, the scriptures, was a light to help guide us in a way we need to live. Today, I want to talk about three simple functions that God's light has in our lives. And the first one is this. God's light provides hope. God's light provides hope. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9 and 10, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. When we read this, I hope we hear what God is telling us. He's saying, this is what you were, but this is what you are now. Why? Because God is saying, I am that hope for your life. I am that hope that takes you out of darkness and puts you in the light. I am that hope that takes you from not being my people to being my people. I am the hope that takes you from not being holy to being holy. I am the hope that takes you from not being chosen to being chosen. This is what God is saying. God is saying, listen to me. I am your hope. God's light is your hope and is my hope. And that's what he's telling us. He's calling us out of darkness into his light because he is our hope. No matter how dark things may be in your life, no matter how dark your surroundings may be, God is still that light of hope in your life. You know, picture yourself walking through a tunnel. And, and as you're walking in this tunnel, it's dark all around you. But yet at the very end, you see a small pinhole of light. So that's what you focus on because you want to get out of that darkness. So as you're walking closer and closer to the light, you may even stumble. You may even fall. But yet because that light is your focus, you're able to keep going forward. And yet, as you keep going forward, the light gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's what happens when we're walking with God, when we're focused on God as our hope, the light gets bigger. It gets bigger. And all of a sudden, the things that were so dark is no longer dark around us. 
because that is no longer our focus. Our focus is God and his light. And this is the important thing we need to see. Because God is saying, I am your hope. Hope for what? Hope for your personal life to change from being what it was to being something new. Personal hope for your marriage to come out of the shadows and now into the wonderful light. Hope for your own child as he comes or she comes out of the baptism of water. Not only to be your son or daughter, but now to be your brother or sister in Christ. Hope that your child or your friend that for whatever reason chose no longer to walk with God will come back. God is saying, I'm that hope for you. I can restore that person. I can bring them back. God is saying, I am hope. And I hope that each and every one of us today, when we think about God's light, that's something we can hold on to because that is our hope. Again, in Psalm 27, verse 1. David said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Don't let Satan control you with fear, with doubt, with worry. You know, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but gets you nowhere. We don't need to be controlled by fear. When Satan comes at us and tempts us to be fearful, we need to say, not today, Satan, not today. It's not going to happen today because I have the light of God in my life. And that brings me hope. God is light. That means God is hope. Well, we say if God is hopeful, if God's light brings that, how come everybody's not running to that light? How come everybody's not joining that light? Point number two, light exposes who we really are. Light brings us hope, but God's light also exposes who we really are. In John chapter 3, verse 19 and 20, it says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of the light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. You know, God's light not only brings hope, but God's light also exposes things. I had a conversation with my daughter just the other day because every night before I go to bed, I'll leave the stove light on in our kitchen. And she said, why do you do that? And I said, I've always done that all my life. That's something that I learned growing up. She said, what's the purpose of it? I said, well, you know, we don't have, when I was growing up, we didn't have all the fancy things you have. You have laptops and cell phones. When I grew up, we had phones that were on the wall that you had to turn it and go click, 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 boom, 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 click, 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 click. We had different things than you have. So when I was growing up, eight kids, two parents, it was 10 of us in the house. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of luxuries that you now have today. And at night, we left the light on because if you didn't leave the light on and then you went into the kitchen and turned the light on, all you're going to see is a bunch of roaches scatter everywhere because that light exposes them. When they're in the darkness, they come out and they're everywhere, but yet the light exposes them and then they run and hide in cracks and holes and crevices. And this is what God is saying to us. Light exposes who we really 
are. This is what God is helping us to see. Look in John chapter 3, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. You know, it's time for us to stop running. Even in this quarantine, have your walk with God still been a walk with God? Or has other things come up and now you have a crawl? Not a walk with God, but now you're crawling spiritually. And now God is so far ahead. Jesus is so far ahead that you can't hardly see him because you're crawling instead of walking with Jesus. See, the question is this. If light was exposed on your laptop or cell phone's history, would you run? Would you hide? See, God's light exposes who we really are. Look at Matthew chapter 6, verse 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? You know, light provides hope, but light also exposes who we really are. You say, okay, well, my light has kind of gotten a little dim here. How do I brighten my light again? My light for the Lord. Listen, every midweek, every Bible talk, every Sunday service, that's something else to recharge your light. What I'm telling you is this. In the Bronx, we have a midweek service. Every Wednesday night at 730, the light comes on. Are you going to be a part of that light? Each of our regions, each of our Bible talks is a light for God. So the light's coming on every week. The question is, are you there for the light? Are you getting charged up by the light? Or all of a sudden, we're running and hiding from the light in cracks and crevices. What are we doing? See, the light exposes who we really are. We've got to make a decision. Am I going to run and hide? Or am I going to let things expose who I really am? You know, my wife and I, we get into arguments now and then. And I remember a time we went over to the Powell's house just to resolve some issues that we had. And Sam sat down. You know how Sam is. He said, okay, look at here. What's going on? And that's what Sam says when he has something on his mind. Okay, look at here. He says, what's going on? So I tell him everything that's going on and how I felt about the situation. And then my wife looks over and she says, was that the same argument I had just the other day with you? That doesn't sound like the situation that happened. So when I told what I felt happened, it was totally different than what she said. She said, well, let me add a little light to the situation here. And, you know, sometimes we need to let people in our lives so light can shine and expose what's really going on. But sometimes we don't allow people in our lives because we don't want that light being shown in our lives. And this is what we've got to understand. Every single one of us, we all have a sinful nature. We can't act like we don't, but God will use people to shine a light in our lives to expose what's going on, not to harm us, but he does it to prosper us, to give us hope and a future. Light brings hope. God's light exposes things also. But there's a third thing I want to point out today, and that is simply this. God's light shines even in the darkness. Look over at John chapter 1, verse 1 through 5. 
says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of man. The light shines in darkness, but darkness has not understood it. You know, John says that darkness cannot put out the light. Think about it. Even if the room is completely dark and you light a candle, that light from the candle will overpower the darkness. That's the power of God in our lives. That light will overpower the darkness. See, if we let God's light in our lives, if we let God expose things, we can overpower Satan's schemes and all the things that Satan throws at us. But it's up to us to make that decision. Look at Matthew chapter 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. You know, as Christians, we need to be the light for the world. That's our role. That's who we are to be. Let me tell you an illustration here. A father and son went to church. And while they're at church, the preacher started preaching on God's omnipresence. In other words, how big God is. God is everywhere all at the same time. So on the way home, the son said to the dad, Dad, if God is that big, what happens when we become Christians? Does God live within us? The father said, yeah, his spirit, the Holy Spirit, the light of God is within us. The son said, well, if God is that big and he lives within us, why doesn't he just explode us if he's inside of us and he's that big? The boy couldn't understand it because he was thinking, God is that big. It needs to be pouring out of us. And that's a very good point because that is what needs to happen if we have the light of God in our lives, our lives need to be bursting with God. People need to look at us and tell there is something different about this person. Because, see, New York is known for Times Square. New York is known for bridges. But yet, New York needs to be known for the 3,000 lighthouses of disciples that we have. Every single disciple needs to be a lighthouse for Christ. And if we are all a lighthouse for Christ and we're all over the city of New York and New Jersey, then that's what we need to be known for, not for Times Square, not for bridges, but for being so Christ-like. See, even in your neighborhood, regardless of the darkness in your neighborhood, your house needs to shine brighter than any other house because it's full of disciples. That's where Jesus lives. That's where Jesus dwells. We shouldn't just walk out of our house and go to our cars. We need to march out of our house because we're marching in the light of God. We need to be different than everybody else because we have God within us. This is the important thing we need to cling on to. God provides hope. God exposes things. But the light of God also shines in darkness. You say, are you sure? Look at Jesus. He lived in dark days. But yet he was the light for men. He lightened up Nicodemus' life, the woman at the well. He did incredible things, even in those dark days. You and I, we need to be a light for God. We need to make a decision. You know what? 
I'm not worried about my Con Ed bill or what people may think because my house is going to be on fire. It's going to be lit up for God. That is important for us to walk away with realizing your example is what needs to shine before men. You say, well, I can't get out the house because I'm in quarantine. Listen, it starts in your house. In your house needs to be where the light shines the greatest. Your kids need to be able to see a light in your life. Your neighbors need to be able to see a light. They trying to look through your window. What's going on in there? There's so much light. This is what needs to happen in our lives. So you got to ask yourself, am I growing? Is my light getting brighter? This is what God says. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. And if God is in us, and we are the light of the world. We need to let it shine everywhere we go. Again, we don't need to just walk on by. We need to march in the light of God. This is what we need to understand. This is exactly what Jesus did. He did it as an example for you and for me. As we take communion, the bread and the cup, we need to remember that Jesus was that light for us. Jesus helped us see how we needed to change so we can leave the darkness and live in the light. He did that for us. Not only that, but we also need to think, who can we be that light for? Who can I be that light for? Who can I shine brightly for? In my house, outside of my house, people need to see there's a little bit difference in me than in everybody else because we have the light of God. Let's focus on this. Let's remember this. As we take the bread and the cup, remember God is light. God is our hope. God shines even in the darkest days. Let's go to God in prayer. Almighty God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for allowing us to wake up to another day. And God, thank you for taking us out of darkness and bringing us into the light. Thank you for choosing us out of a world that other people wouldn't choose us from. God, thank you for taking us from being unholy to being holy. God, thank you for this bread and this cup. Thank you for the fact of Jesus being an example, for Jesus leading the way for us, helping us to see how we should live our lives. God, thank you so much. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.